ברוכים הבאים בשם השם וירחנוכם מבייס השם I am off premises tonight not at home so it's going to be a little tri- tricky to try to give this year online Mirza Shem will be uploaded later tonight Billy Nether, in case you didn't get me on Skype you'll know why This year, over the past few months, was a schuster for Shalema, for a woman, a mother of four children, who fought valiant, valiantly, hard. Unfortunately, this past Sunday was Nifter. Shlamis, Eliza Shlamis, Sushamesha, Elkanish Mosa, Leilama, dedicating this year to her, her family, should have strength to go from Chayel to Chayel. Also, another person that passed away this week passed away actually last week but unfortunately um, it was Thursday night late and they couldn't get him to a cell to bury him <coughs> oh boy, I forget the name already I apologize but I will admit to remember the name I have it written down as I am saying Kaddish for him as well. Today, today a tremendous event took place based, of course, out of 770. 770 Eastern Parkway. Also, they were hidden davening by the oil simultaneously with hidden davening by the Kaisal Amarovi, Mirishlai Mirakedish, Mehira Tibane. as we know was the day that the Rebbe suffered a stroke it was the last time that we merited to hear from the Rebbe which Shemietz Hashem today as Mashiach will come we will merit once again to the Eskalos, the revelation of Melech HaMashiach and it will be Kain the Nevuah of Akitsu Vedan Roshech Neofar the Rebbe will lead us all together to Yerushalayim and HaKadosh 
because I know there had a not a significance but rather a severe impact on Klal Yisrael at large I am actually in Manhattan and I met a final year who of course says that he's Mekusha to the Rebbe he's Mekusha to the Rebbe he's not a, he's not from the regular Crown Heights Lubavitches he's from outside of Crown Heights actually but he is connected to the Rebbe he is a chassid. His wife is a chassidista. They get every day from their grandchild, apparently, a clip of the day from the Rebbe. And he says, very interestingly, he told me, yeah, I'm not at home. So I got to figure out how to get us in a way that the light doesn't affect because my computer is not connecting and we're connecting you through my phone okay almost better he tells me that his father who was at 93 years old passed away at 93 years old a few years ago used to go used to go to take him to shul, he used to have to help him obviously in his late 80s, 90 and he would want to go on a trip he want to go on a trip every day, he want to go to the Ohel his trip was to the Ohel he would go to the, see the Rebbe, see the Rebbe it got harder it got more difficult, he said to his son I want to go to 770 he came to 770 and he gave his son, the Moshe, a dollar. And he told his son, go put this by the Rebbe's pushka. In the foyer. Remember the foyer in 770? There's a pushka by the wall there. the Rebbe's pushka. Go put it. He ran inside, he put it by the pushka. And he came back out to his father. And his father said, did you hear did I hear what? Did you hear what the Rebbe said? Now he started worrying. This is uh, two, three years ago. Did you hear what the Rebbe said to you? He says, I didn't hear, Father. Says, the Rebbe told you, Moshe, it's all sein good. Moshe, everything is going to be fine. Says, I can't believe he didn't hear you were inside, you didn't hear, I was out here, I heard it. He was not delusional. He heard the Rebbe talking. He merited to hear the Rebbe say to his son, it'll all be good. That's a story that I just picked up now. And I... uh, I have a tendency, like the average entertainers or people that speak, they say, the funny thing happened to me on the way to the office today, or if it happened to me on the, 
This happened to me on the way to the shir tonight. And I told the fellow actually, he should know that I'm going to repeat this tonight. He was very excited. He says, a mitzvah. People should know that you can reach out to the Rebbe, the Rebbe is here to answer you. This Shabbos, Pashas Vayikra, we begin to embark on the new Chumash Vayikra, Leviticus, I pronounce it right? Okay, Leviticus is easier, um, Exodus is not bad, Genesis is good, Numbers is fantastic, the last one forget about uh, it's, you know, it's only a repetition anyway of the Teda, it's Mishnah Teda, so it's not so severe that I don't know how to pronounce it in English. Yeah, you're going to type it to me, huh? that's your, your, your nominee, it's not going to help. This Shabbos is Chumash Pashva Yikra, we start Chumash Vayikra. This Shabbos is Pashva Chedish. And Pashva Chedish, as we said, could be one of two things. Pasha Chedish could be Shabbos Mevarchim Chedish Nisan, the Shabbos that we bless the new month of Nisan. Pasha Chedish could be Shabbos Rish Chedish Nisan. If Rish Chedish comes out of Shabbos Chedish Nisan, then Pasha Chedish is Pasha Chedish will be that Shabbos. So this year we are Zeicher. No, three. So this year we are Zeicher Shabbos Rishchidish Nisan. So it's Parshas Vayikra as the first six aliyahs will be read. They're going to take Kumish Vayikra, they're going to read till Shishi, till Shishi, excuse me. And the fellow that gets called up for Shishi is going to get read until the end of the Parsha. Then they take the next Sefer Tera and they're going to read Parshas Vayikra, which is in Parshas Bai. And then they take the third Sefer Torah, they read Reish Chaydish, which is a Pashas Pinchas. Three Sefer Torah, there's a tradition, of course. This is the best tradition of everybody. Everyone is going to enjoy this immensely. The Jewish beautiful tradition of the Yiddish Imama, that when there's three Sefer Torah, we make an extra kugel. Yeah. So when you only have potato and luxury kugel, you got to make a third one. Figure it out yourself, knock yourself out. Um, or actually I need my wife to do that one I'll do the potato and the luxon and she'll figure out what the third one should be it will definitely be a, delect- a delectable kugel and since it's the COVID the third potato, it's definitely going to have a tremendous elevation in our calories and income um, needless to say this is not something that the wives are relishing to do this week actually if the wife would have it her way she would feed us from the freezer the Shabbos anything she can get out of the freezer she'll warm up and that will be the Shabbos food because she no longer wants to cook it's ready two weeks to the Seder and we're going to cook are you off your mind the problem becomes of course that we can't eat matzah because we don't eat matzah from some people don't eat matzah from Purim already and so if there's no matzah there's got to be challah However, you have to have challah. The Eishas Chayel agrees, we have to have challah. But, don't ask me to bake. I'm not baking challah. Enough. 
go to the freezer, see how many calories I have in the freezer. That's what we're going to have. That's going to warm them up. They're going to be delicious. So, if they don't want to bake calories, they don't want to make this extra kugel either. But, Aishis Chayel. This is the Aishis Chayel that we have in the world. The Akeres Habayis. And she says, Yes, I know it's almost Pesach. And I know I want them to have Vaz Venika Essen. I know I can't, I can't put anything in the freezer now, so everything that we cook for Shabbos has to be finished. So I don't have to cook extra, but if the Minig Yisrael is Minig Yisrael, Tehrahi, Minig, a custom of the Jewish nation, is like it's Tehrah itself, and the custom is to have a third Kugel, Kach, so it will be, and if Yerush Hashem will have our third Kugel this Shabbos, as we have our three Sifri Tehrah. It's called Shabbos Yishchedesh, but it's also called Pasha Chedesh. Usually, on the other Pashas, Pashkolin, Zacher, Pora, the Avteda reflects on the name of the Pasha that is given. Maftir does, and does the Avteda. Hachedesh, because this is the Shabbos Yishchedesh, well, not. It's not the Avteira of Pashta Chedesh, but the Avteira of Rish Chedesh. Excuse me. Would you know how I can connect to the Wi Fi? Hmm? Would, you know, would you be able to connect me to the Wi Fi? You're dismissed. <laughs> we can't do that. Nope. I'm giving you a class here. There are people on my phone. No, you have to speak to the resident manager of this place. All right. He's a man who runs in this You don't want to do that for me. I don't know, he's not wrong. He's my, you uh, don't love me. <laughs> I don't know, I know. Okay, me. that's it. This, I don't know. This. You're disturbing my class. <laughs> You're dismissing. God should bless you. All right, see you. Um, you are allowed to leave this room here? Yes. That's yeah. for me. security. You sure? Security okay. put me here. Can the answer is residential? I know. But you got to go through to give a share. But I couldn't miss this chasana. And the color was very, very insistent that I come to the Chasana. And I could have really ran home and given the shear at home, but I couldn't, I couldn't make her feel that I was just, you know, chuppah and run away. You know it too many years. So I stuck it out and I'm giving the shear here, off premises. And Baruch Hashem, Skype is working. Not on my computer, on my phone. Chaydish Nissen has three names. It's Chaydish Harishay. Terry refers to it as the first month. It's called Chaydish Aviv, the month of spring. And it's called Nissan. Rosh Hashanah. We say is in Tishrei. Aleph Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah. But yet, Chedesh Harishay in the Teda is Chedesh Nisan. The first month is Chedesh Nisan, which is ultimately from the Arab Rosh Hashanahs, from the four different Rosh Hashanahs that there are. It is Rosh Hashanah Leilonais. 
the Rosh Hashanah for the trees. Sorry, how do we do that? Hashanah Leilonis is Tubishva. That was a bad one. Terry refers to the first month because it's always called the first month of the year. And of course, it's called spring, as this is when the weather starts to change. Notice this Shabbos, Friday, it's supposed to snow. So definitely looking at spring. The name Nisan, Chedish Nisan, is a Babylonian origin. And the Yidin brought it back with them from Bavl. When they came back from Golis Bavl, this name connected with the spring for the word Nisan. It's similar to the word Nitsan, which means to bud. Spring, it says, the buds have appeared in the land of Sashiashirim. And later the sages found a hidden meaning in the name of Aviv, spring. The Hebrew letters, the head of 12, which means to say, it's the head of the 12 months. Before the Eden were told to take the sacrifice of Karim Pesach, the other nations, especially the Egyptians, used a ram. This is not something we're going to discuss. This is the Mazolis. It's a mitzvah to call Chedish Nissen, to refer to Chedish Nissen as the first month. The Rambam says, this month shall be for you the head of the months, which means that Israel, Bnei Yisrael, need to reckon, need to make a cheshbin from the first month, which is Chedish Nisim. And the second month is Ir, and the third is Sivan. The months that we count as first, second, and third month reckons from the first month being Nisan. Why is it so important to always make reference to the month of Nisan? The importance and the relevance is because we are referring and we are going back to each time the departure of Egypt when the Eden left Mitzrayim. So whenever we mention months, we say the first month, the second month, the third month, we always refer to the second month, the third month of Chedish, after Chedish Nisan, which is commemoration of the leaving, the miracle of leaving Mitzrayim. So therefore, in the Teda, the months are only referred to by number. They're not referred to by a name. Second year, in the second month, the cloud was lifted. In the seventh month, in the first, on the first of the month, etc., etc. Just as Shabbos, on Shabbos we mention every day of the week, Yem Rishin the Shabbos, Sheni the Shabbos, Shlishi the Shabbos, the first day of the week of Shabbos, which refers to Shabbos, is the first day from Shabbos. 
Second day from because we always want to think about Shabbos, so too is the reminder of leaving Egypt whenever we mention the months of our deliverance. Throughout the month of Nisan, news flash, news flash, news flash. The great news is we do not say Tachnun. From Rishchidosh Nisan until the end of Nisan, we don't say Tachnun the whole month long. Which means that this Friday morning, Rishchidosh Nisan, the last day of other will be the last time we say Tachman and Golos because Miyat Hashem we're going to go out of the Golos and we'll never have to say Tachman again why don't we say Tachman? very interesting compilation by the Chacham the Nesim the heads of the tribes brought Karbanes each day was a different Nasi. This started on Rishchidosh Nisan. And therefore, the dedication of the temple, the, the tabernacle of the Mishkan, started Rishchidosh Nisan. And therefore, the first Nasi brought Rishchidosh. So, in order to remember this sacrifice we celebrate that day the Nasi of the day Mini Chabad Mini Chalelum actually is to say the Nasi we read it's the Kriya Satera if you need it from the Chassidr they read it they have it usually the Kriya Satera of Hanukkah the first day it talks about and we read till the end of the first Nasi then there's a Yehidotzeh the Yiratzen reads, it may be the will that all that I have just said and all that I have just expressed, etc., etc., should come together, should be merit. But more than that, if I should be from this tribe of this Shevet, the one that sacrifices today, so therefore I am celebrating with him <clears throat> now the question of course arises always the Kahanim are from Shevet Levi the Kahanim from Shevet Levi how is he saying if I am from Shevet Bin Yomin from Shevet Yisachar Shevet Naftali I know I'm from Shevet Levi so therefore how does the Kayan say if I am from a different Shevet? Especially Kahanim Yuchsim. Kahanim Yuchsim, they have a Shtarichus, they have a pedigree showing that they come back all the way, all the way back to Aaron They trace back their lineage to Aaron So, how is this proud Kayan professing? That perhaps, perhaps he comes from a different shavit. The truth is that this subject 
could have a shear of its own. We could spend all night and then some discussing, and I believe we discussed it in the archives. You can look it up. How neshamas work and how neshamas connect, and by thereby the neshamas all being in their own realm, their own places, coming from whatever place they come from, and therefore the neshamas, according to the way the Abishta wants them to be and where the Abishta wants them to be, that is how they ultimately reflect. And therefore, it doesn't matter what shape a person feels he comes from, the person joins with the Nasi of that day, and joins in and says that Nasi, and says, if I come from the Shevet, I am celebrating with him today. The Nasi, therefore, is recited for, 13, for 12 days. So the first 12 days of the month, we celebrate with the Nasi, in certain circles, they take out the Sefer and they read it from the Sefer actually. So it's a Simcha. On day of such a Simcha that this Nasi merited to bring the Karun, how can we have the Chutzpah to say Tachnim? So we don't say Tachnim. So there's 12 days that we're not going to say Tachnim. Then we have 8 days of Pesach. We don't say Tachnim. So that's 20 days. Says the Chachamim. Since 20 out of the 30 days we're not saying Tachnun, the rest of the month we're not going to say either. Phenomenal way. I'll drink to that. A great way to do things. And I have people that I feel that had uh, situations where they had during a week a Bamitzah, excuse me, a Briz a wedding, or whatever it was, chosen, every day something else and someone else. And they said, listen, majority of the week we didn't say tachnum, we're not saying the rest of the week either. That doesn't work, by the way. <laughs> That's a false assumption. Dabra um, Yisrael, let's talk about the parasha a little bit. Say to them, Odom ki yakriv mikem. A person that will sacrifice from amongst you, carbon Lashem, a carbon to the Ebishter, Mina Behema, Mina Bokor, Mina Tsein, Takrivas Kabamchen. Whatever it's from, the animal, the steer, the, not the steer, from the animal, from the uh, ram, sheep, not in a ram either, a Bokor. Shabringi Karbon. Rashi, the champion of the five-year-old takes the words Odom Kiyakriv Mikem and says Kishiyakriv Bikarbonis Nidova Divarin. This is talking about Karbonis of a donation. Now, the Alter Rebbe in the Kutateda, starts with Adam Kiyakri Mikem and asks an obvious question. The language, the wording is not right. We don't say Adam Kiyakri Mikem, 
a person that sacrifices from you, but rather to say, Odom Mikem Kiyakliv, a person from amongst you that brings their sacrifice. Why is the Pasuk written wrong? But Rashi does not delve into that. The Alter Rebbe explains it, of course, to say the person needs to sacrifice his Yetzir Hara, his Nefesh Bahamas. Yaakov Mikem, you're sacrificing from yourself. Rashi instead decides the definition that needs to be explained to this Ben Kamesh Mikra is Kashi Yaakov, when it talks about Yaakov, it means Karbana is Nedava. Donations. So first of all, if Rashi is explaining the word Yaakov, why does he have to have in the title Adam and Mikem? Also, when he says Ki Yakriv, which means if he will sacrifice, not Ka'asher, as he will sacrifice, why should that mean Kabanus Nidova, sacrifices of the nation? And thirdly, why does he not answer the extra word, Mikem? Like he answers the extra word, Adam. And the explanation is something that we can begin by explaining, by looking into a Rashi, way back in Pashas Vayero. Chumash Bereshis, Genesis chapter 18, verse 15. Where Rashi explains the word ki, and he says the word ki, mishamish bedalad l'shoinus, means four different things. E, perhaps, E, if, Dilma, perhaps, Ella, only, or Daha, as it will be. And he puts these expressions to say, first of all, E, if, a doubt, and the second expression. And then he explains the rest of the expressions of the word key. So in Vayeda, he already gave us the different angles the word key could mean. And therefore Rashi explains Ki Yakriv to mean if Adam Ki Yakriv if a person will bring a sacrifice. Now a person does an Aveda. They need to bring a Karm Chatas. If a person had a good had something happen to him and he doesn't and he has to praise God he brings a Karm Taida. Each karma has a different reason for it. The shlomim is a tetis nedava. Karma shlomim gives out of the goodness of his heart. So if you're going to bring a sacrifice, can't mean a karma chatos because you bring a karma chatos because you did a sin. So not if you're going to bring it, when you're going to bring it. But you definitely know you have to bring it because you have to repent. Whereas Ki Akriv, Rashi says, 
the Fosik is saying, if you will bring the sacrifice, because the word ki, the first expression he says, it means if. So ki yakriv must mean if you will bring one. Why is there a doubt that you bring it? Because it's not a carbon that you're necessary to bring, but it's a donation. However, since our parsha begins, Teres Kehanim, the Chumash Vayikra is referred to as Teres Kehanim, the Torah that talks about all the sacrifices, it would make more sense to say that the first sacrifice you to talk about is a sacrifice of Chayv, a sacrifice of obligation. That's the main carbon you're bringing. We didn't delve on the other carbonis so much. We really concentrated. A person brought a carbon because they did something wrong. They had to bring a carbon to compensate for something. So the if you're talking about the book, the Sefer, that's going to talk about all the different carbonis, it should start with a carbon that a person has to give. Those are the main karbanas. So therefore he has to explain that it's not what it's talking about. And even if you're going to tell me that that doesn't really fit, that the explanation doesn't flow. And the truth is, it's talking about karbanas that you're obligated to bring. And the fact that it says key is because it says also not only the obligation, the carbonates that are obligation, also the, the carbonates that you would like to bring. The Nidova. And there are two ways, two angles. First of all, when a person sins and is young, before Bar Mitzvah, the Torah tells us after Bar Mitzvah, he can bring a carbon to do tshuva. For forgiveness, if he wants. Truth is, before Bar Mitzvah, he's not culpable. But if he wants now, after Bar Mitzvah, he feels that he wants to repent properly for what he did, he can bring a carbon. Secondly, the carbon of a non Jew, Adam means everybody. Means any, anyone that can be a person, and therefore, when a non-Jew brings a carbon, this has to be a carbon nedava. What else? Does it, it can't fall into any other category, but nedava. In order to wipe out these two ways of thinking. Rashi brings down the word Adam and Mikem. Adam means also a cotton. Only Ish, if you say Ish, then you're excluding a cotton. Because the Ish has to be over by Mitzvah. Adam can mean a cotton as well. So if you wanted to talk about a, a carbon a sacrifice that was an obligation, it wouldn't say Adam Kiyakri, it would say Ish Kiyakri. Because Ish is a person that's over by mitzvah. Why is it referred to Adam everybody? Because this could refer to a cotton 
that did not have an obligation at the time and now became an Adam, now became a man, and now he wants to bring a carbon. He can bring that carbon. Mikem excludes non Jews. Mikem from amongst you, you being the Jewish nation and not the non Jew. In the Pasig itself, we have to understand. Why is the Tehra starting with the Karbun, the Dava, the Eila, the Mincha, the Shlomim, and not with the Chathos and the Asham? We could say, perhaps, this Pasha, Vayikra, and part of Pasha Tzav, the next Pasha, was said because of the commandments of educating Adam and his children on the eight days of Milu. And therefore it's talking about Pasha Shmini, which comes after Vayikotzav is Shmini. At that point they're now ready to do their own Aveda. So it's understood if that's the case, that they always need to learn about the Dine Eila, etc. The Kabbalists of the Dava. Because Adam and his children needed to know the different Dinim Kabbalists, so they could bring them on the Shemini and the Miluim. On their eighth day, when they brought the sacrifices, they didn't bring Chathas Nasham. They had to bring their Kabbalists. So too, in our Pasha and in Pasha Sab, is the commandment to the entire Jewish nation. The person has to know which Kabbalists he needs to bring when the Mishkan comes on the eighth day. So therefore the Torah starts off and he says <coughs> to put a Jew Yaakov, Esau, Mishmini, and Meluim these are talking about Kabbalah's Nidava and therefore on the 8th day of Meluim especially on the 8th day the day that the Shekhinah comes down it's not possible the Jews are going to sin they're involved totally in the uh, construction of the te- of a Mishkan and they're preparing and, and waiting for the opening day, as we call it, they have no time to think about doing sins. They're only doing mitzvahs now. So they don't have an obligation of a karmakatas now. They're only happy, joyous, and, and encouraged, and ready to do great things, and have been doing great things the whole week. So therefore it needs to talk about kabbanas nidava. According to this, we understand now why, in general, it's not mentioned even after the Kabbalah's the Dava and Chayvah the Yachid, the Dini of the Kabbalah's Tzibur, the Kabbalah's of the public of Yom Tiv, etc. Here it talks only about the Kabbalah's Akrev, or that could be Krev. Yemashmini Nimaluyim, Kabbalah Satsibar that was brought in Yemaluyim, Karbunus of Shabbos Rashkedish. This is not an obligation for Mesha to give to the Jews, to teach the Jews, because Mesha brought the, these Kabbalahs himself. 
So he knew how to do it. Since he knew how to do it, he didn't have to impart the knowledge to the rest of the people. They didn't have an obligation to do it. Let us understand what a sacrifice is all about. What's a karma? The main thing of a karma is the intention, the kavana, and the thoughts of the person. Rashi explains in the 17th Pasuk, Echad Echad Amamit, the person who adds or makes less, the main thing is, the main thing is he should put his heart to think and intend that this is given to God. Therefore, the Tere brought first the Dini Kabanas Nidava, The idea of the person donating and donation from the heart, this is the mainstay of Kabbalas. And the same thing is also Kabbalas Cheva. This is what the Rashi says, the Kabbalas that the idea and the main point of every single sacrifice, even sacrifice of obligation, has to be Nedivas Lev with the heart, with Kavana. And therefore he refers to Nidava, doesn't necessarily refer to the donation of the person, but rather the Nidvas Libri. In the Radoms, the Radoms, I believe it was, The Jews had an issue. There was a population of Jews, but there was no cemetery. Now the truth is, we say halavai. The reason there's no cemetery is because nobody died. But unfortunately, many people died. However, the nearest cemetery was two hours away, and sometimes in rain, frost, or bitter heat. It was quite, quite an event, not an event, quite a pain to take the person to bury them. Why was it a cemetery? Because the baron that owned this land hated Jews. And he says, if I have a live Jew that pays me taxes, I can deal with it. But to have dead Jews lying all over the place and have to look at them and see them, that doesn't work for me. And each time the Jews tried to buy land for the cemetery, the baron got angry and disgusted with them, and there'd be only problems afterwards. There was a Rebbe in town, of course, the Radomsky, and the people knew they had no more choices. There was no more ways, no way of getting out of this. They needed to get intervention from the Rebbe himself. So they came to the Rebbe and they told him the story. They prepared themselves properly. And he said, go back to the Baron. Tell him there's a piece of land. He said, they know there's a piece of land, a barren piece of land, actually, that was stones and rocks. You couldn't plant anything for the life of you there. Even to make a grave there would be a, a big tircha, a big headache. 
but it can't be used for anything else. Why not? And they've offered many times great amounts of money, and he wouldn't give it. Go back and tell him if he doesn't give it, someone else is going to get buried there. No, they were petrified, but the Rebbe told them to do this, and they asked the Rebbe for the blessing. They had no choice. And so the delegation got together, requested an audience with the Baron, and they were granted. And they came and they offered him an exorbitant amount of money for this barren piece of land. And they, when he refused, they gave the message from the Rebbe, if you don't, let us bury the Jews there. Someone else will get buried there. Well, it was cryptic to the Chassidim, and even more so to the Baron. Several weeks later, it was the Baron's birthday. And they set out to go out to the field for a picnic, to have fun. The Baron and his children got into the, the wife into the royal wagon and they started to go started to travel for some reason the the baron decided you know what I want to look at this piece of land and laugh that the Jews keep asking about I want to go check it out show you what it looks like and how much money I've been offered for this and they came there and suddenly the wagon stopped. The wagon stopped, and they didn't. They couldn't get out. The Baron calls out, "What's going on?" He says, "You can't move. We're stuck." So the wagon driver got down, and he got stuck in the mud. They screaming for help, and the Baron jumps out and tries to help. Him. And as the Baron is standing there, he starts to sink inside. Well, they managed to pull each other out and get back into the wagon. But now the wagon was sinking quite quickly. And people ran to bring ropes and everything as they brought the ropes. As they brought the ropes, the water spread further and further and they couldn't get close to the wagon. They tried to put planks, but the planks sunk into the ground. Finally, someone realized they better go call the Rebbe of the town. And they ran to call the Rebbe and the Rebbe said to them, Mr. Baron, he's already sitting now on the roof of the wagon with his family. We want this land for a cemetery. You're going to sell it to us? Sell it to you? I'll give it to you. Take it. Just save my life. Uh uh. You sell it to me. Write a contract. I'll give you the proper price for it. Then we can talk business. Baron said, okay the deal, he says, no, 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 I want it in writing Baron managed to find a pen, paper whatever it was, he wrote a contract and he threw it out of from the top of the wagon to the Rav, to the Rebbe the Rebbe said to the wagon driver get back, it doesn't work oh, I'm on my phone it's okay, oh. he says get back on your horse get back on the, on the seat whip the horse and you're going to go the horses were already up to their necks in the mud. But they have no other choice. He jumps on and he hits the horse and the horse starts to pull them out of the mud. And lo and behold, 
horses pulled him totally out. The parrots, the, while the baron gets down with his wife and his kids, and he goes to thank the Rebbe profusely, not happily because he doesn't like Jews. Please come to my palace and we'll finish off the deal. The Kachava, he went, brought the money, paid full price. And the Baron's attitude changed to the Jews as he saved his life now. And he promised the, the Rebbe, if he ever needs anything, if anything is difficult, he could always come to him. So we see, therefore, that sometimes we don't know who, we don't know where, what karm, what sacrifice needs to be brought in order to push it to save Jews. We are continuing in this series of halachas before Pesach. Erev Pesach, after after midday, it's prohibitive to go to work. So, call in now your boss, send in your emails now, tell them the Erev Pesach, you're not coming to work, after 12 o'clock. What's work? You can't build things. You can't sew new clothes. Even if you need it for the holiday. Even if it's free. Not for you, not for others. Anyone that does any work after Chatzay Sarer Pesach, it says, You'll never see a bracha from this, a blessing. Needless to say, you know how to work for money, even if it needs for the umtif, even if it's a job that the person does. Unless it's a very poor person and won't have food for the umtif if he doesn't do the work. Small odd jobs a person can do. You're not a, you're allowed to drive. You're allowed to do everything else, but you can't actually go physically do labor. For the need of yomtiv, for cooking, or to sew something small, a button or something like that, that you'd be allowed to do. But not after chatzis. After chatzis, you have to ask somebody else to do it for you, preferably an anju. Anything that's going to, God forbid, suffer major losses, you can still do. You may not wash garments, unless you come from overseas, and you didn't wash your clothes beforehand, but if a person comes out of jail, may all the Jews do so this yomtiv. Through a non-Jew, you are allowed Washing machine is needed for yomtiv. You need to close for yomtiv. You can throw something in, even if it's not needed for yomtiv. If you're doing a wash of clothing that you're not going to have clothing for yomtiv without it, then you can throw something in, even if it's not. You need to fill up the machine. You don't want to ruin the machine with a half a machine. Even ironing after chatzes. It's only garments that you need for yomtiv. You can polish your shoes. 
for all those now be the sigh of relief you may polish your shoes after Chatzais providing of course your shoe polish is not Chametzik and if it is Chametzik do not drink it it's, it's only advice you can't fix old garments person can write Svarim, the Vitera. And all these things you don't have to do on Nerviyam, if you can't do on Chalamite either. And before Chatzais, the meaning is, do all regular things you can do. And you can even start a project to go finish after Chatzais. On Erev Shabbos, there are those that say you should, you are allowed to, but those who are stringent, the blessings are upon them. A person should take a haircut on Erev Yom Tif, especially if his hair is long. Yeah? Can you hear me? Get the hair out of your ears. Okay. Now, um, Teshri Yerushalayim, the dwellers of Jerusalem should do it before Erev Pesach not the next day after Chatzis Erev Pesach if a person needs to take a haircut it has to be done through an Anjou a Jew cannot even give a haircut to an Anjou after Chatzis someone who forgot to take a haircut before Chatzis and there's no non-Jew and he's very long, very long hair. He can do it himself, but not through another Jew. For all the rest of the halachas, as far as haircuts, etc., and fingernails, call your local rabbi. After Arab Pesach, after Chatzes, it's customary to go to the mikveh to really get dressed for Yom Tif, and to go bake matzahs the special matzahs called Erev Pesach matzahs person should purify himself in honor of the Yom Tif, wash his whole body of course and go to the mikveh before Pesach especially since you're going to leave by the Seder and you're going to meet at the Yom Anavi, you need to be properly spiritually prepared Um, mitzvah on Pesach to dress nice garments clean garments nicer than any of the Yom Tif. all the linen has to be changed packages of matzah and bottles of wine that need to be opened should be opened before Yom, before Yom Tif. so we shouldn't have to open them on Yom Tif. If you got to open it before Yom Tov, Yom Tov, then you could do it not with a regular way, with a Fachiyad as it's called. Take out the corks and everything else, needs to be done before Yom Tov. Children should go to sleep at Pesach, so they can stay up for the Seder. Customary, they used to give children things to play with, like filberts or nuts, so they can stay awake. 
Okay, we will continue Mitzvah next week about the end of the Teva. At this point, we tell everybody that it should be this week should go Taka to Yerushalayim and Falisa Bracha, Falisa Shlamas. I hope to see you together with your family again, Gesundheit Hate, as she passed away this week. And the mourning of the family is very, very sad, very, very hard to have a 37 year old mother of four little children passed away from a brain tumor. Although we've been dedicating this year to her all these months, obviously God had different plans for her for this. And so may she, and amongst all the others, Stand up and join us as we march out of Golis this very Shabbos. And we wish everybody Shabbat Shalom to all.